Fingertips are tapping on a hefty stack of paper sitting stamped and sorted carefully all ready to be sent Sonnets, prose, and charming odes to all related scribbles so affected by the rain or lack thereof that fell today I'm waiting patiently for June I recall the sunlight waltzing in and giving way to halogen Moons about the room until the candles hit the switch Robust on Marshall Riesling and an ever-growing feeling That we possibly were onto something worth another glass So we poured it And drank the bottle dry And as the pay programming flickered So did time Blink checks made out to certainty The mammals bursting at the seams With issues better left and spoken of and never seen Almanacs with pencil marks on golden bands And travels far to cities where our melodies Can find a place to park And we'll settle down For a day Then we'll pack our things And be on our way even though we love to stay Well, if dreams are tiny trinkets on the dustiest of shelves Where only youthful fingers ever stand a chance I will raise you on my shoulders, lead you under, guide you over Till you get a hold that's firm enough for me to let you go In your struggle But you know, my dear, what hurt can bring While the critics sleep at night, we'll sing Well, I've got dreams too Marshall Riesling, one of my favorite songs from Carl Hawk's new album, Windjammer. Named after and recorded on the street where Carl grew up, the album is an amazing collection of powerful lyrics and melodies. Now, I say Marshall Riesling is one of my favorites. However, Rooster and Wrong About Distance have also made an impression on me. There are no weak songs on this album. Each one carries a lot of weight. Not everyone will be able to immediately relate to them, but for those who can, the album will resonate in a manner quite surreal. See what trips where I cast out my deadlines, drop home, forget about the pain. 
People often ask me what I'm listening to on any given day. One doesn't produce a music podcast without it being fairly obvious that they have a very deep appreciation of music. 
Often when I answer, they have absolutely no idea who I'm talking about. That's because I rarely listen to signed artists anymore. This isn't to say that I don't appreciate the beautiful music that they create, but rather that I tend to gravitate towards work that is far more personal. You can't always convey that when you have to deal with publishers, editors, labels, and the likes. But if you're deciding to assume control of your own work, you can take all of the chances that you want. One of the artists whom I've loved since first hearing him embodies that entirely. He writes what he wants to, how he wants to. It's not always going to make sense to everyone who listens, but for those who've experienced the same in their lives, his music will speak to them. It'll haunt them as they listen to heart-wrenching songs like Rooster and Wrong About Distance. I played Carl Hawk's music on the second episode of The Vinyl Experience. We discussed his album Counterintelligence at length. Having finished college and assumed the position of teaching high school, his new album, Windjammer is an album which he wrote as a means of working through that transition. Carl, welcome back to the show. Thank you. So now you say the album was transformed from a labor of love into a labor of necessity. And I like that. I, I understand. A lot of people know that creative work is sometimes a healing process, but what they don't always get is that it's sometimes so much more than that. It's like we... We can't get through something until we've gotten through this process, this creative endeavor, and we get it out of us, whether it's to deal with an issue or just sometimes to work it out in our minds. Is that what this album was for you? Yeah, I definitely think so. And, and you know, after having finished this, now I'm already, you know, thinking about what's next. And that's just the way I work. I, I have to get something done um, and, and put it out there. And then immediately after, I'm just like, well, what do I do now? And I have to work towards that as well. Uh, well, it's the writing process. Once you've gotten, it's the same as if you are a fiction writer. Once you've gotten those characters out of your mind, you've written the story, it's done. You can move on. Yeah, definitely. And how are you finding, like, you finished this album now and you're working on something new. Are you working on anything specifically themed as well, kind of like this, or just putting together some songs? No, just putting together some songs. And it's been going really slowly just because I've been focused on uh, on Windjammer for so long. Even after I was done with it, I was just, uh, you know, working on, the, you know, getting it out and uh, working with the artist and, you know, the, the person doing the mastering and um, just trying to promote it as much as possible. But finally, I'm, you know, in at that point where I can start writing again. And uh, I've only written a couple, so. <laughs> it is a phenomenal album, though. Honestly, congratulations. I It's on all the time. I've been telling people constantly about it. And... I made it very clear before when we spoke how much I absolutely adore Counterintelligence. It, it's it's an absolutely brilliant album. And yet, here comes this one that impresses me even more. And part of what I really liked about this one as well was how much depth there is to it. It's not just you with a guitar. We've got brilliant melodies here. We've got um, you working with a variety of other people as well. It gives it a much fuller sound, and yet none of it takes away from the lyrics, and it's all lyric-driven. I mean, tell me about some of the process, about some of the people that you worked with. Um, well, I just have, you know, I have some very talented friends who I can you know, tap on their shoulder and they'll, <laughs> they'll be right over, um, which, which is fantastic. My, my girlfriend, Trisha Scully, who you've had on the show, um, or you've played her music. Uh, she, she added to a couple songs. Uh, she did trumpet as well as, uh, vocals. Uh, Molly Robinson, another, another girl that I sing with, uh, every once in a while, she's just wonderful at harmony. Uh, she joined me on a couple, uh, my friend, uh, Fred de Albuquerque, he, uh, he was my college roommate and, uh, you know, he added to these songs a lot because he started performing with me when I was down in college and, uh, we haven't, we haven't played much lately, but, you know, I think he played a big part in, uh, some of these songs. I think with like Windjammer, it was actually a guitar riff that he came up with that, that started off that song. Um, Brian Caviton. He's always, you know, been interested in helping me out, and I've I've helped his band out when uh, when that was going. And he added saxophone, and uh, I don't know. So so I had a number of people, you know, a number of friends. Then there were people that I didn't really know. Uh, a guy named Joel Yakel who did the uh, 
who did the viola for Windjammer. Um, I just saw him at a another guy's show. He was playing with Everett Thomas, and I just asked him, hey, uh, I know you live up in Wisconsin, but you want to <laughs> track a park? <laughs> he drove down and, and did it for free. And um, so it's just been fantastic, you know, having people uh, reach out and uh, and basically donate their time because I'm obviously not <laughs> paying them to perform or anything like that. How do you find it with this album having had that much of a collaboration versus your other album? Um, I think with Counterintelligence it was pretty similar because I did, I think it's just risen throughout the four albums that I've done uh, with the first one. I don't know if I really had anyone help me out with that. Uh, then the second one, I, you know, I asked a couple of people and then <laughs> this, yeah, this last one, it just became more and more collaborative. And, uh, I think it's, I think it's a blast first of all. Um, but also I think it, you know, brings all these new creative ideas into, into the mix. Um, take for example, Rooster, the song that you mentioned, um, Brian Kavitin with, when he brought in that saxophone, he was just like, I hear something here. Let me, let me try it out. Uh, and you know, I, I had him try it out and I wasn't, uh, you know, I was a little bit hesitant cause it, <laughs> it wasn't something that I would choose to do. I don't think. Um, but then we just kept building on it and doing almost like a saxophone chorus. Uh, and I, I really ended up liking that, uh, that production choice. I mean, I thought it was, uh, kind of cool and, and different. Um, so it's like yeah. that I would thought to add without the collaboration. And that's, and it shows in, especially going right back to Rooster, it, it's, that's one of the strongest songs I find on the album. And I mean, that's saying a lot because when we're looking at everything else on there, from Marshall Riesling to Wrong About Distance, everything, I, they're brilliant. And yet there's something about Rooster that stands out above and beyond that. Not just because, and here's a little pat on the back here, it is brilliantly written. It conveys such emotion. But then when you're looking at the collaboration of everyone that was involved in just that one song, when you're listening to Molly and you sing, literally there, there's little shivers down the back of your neck, and then the guitar work doesn't take away from it either. Everything in that one song worked so well together. And that's, again, something that is it's throughout the entire album as well. And that's why I find it a little bit different than the other one as well. It just it felt like there was a lot more collaboration. There were a lot of other ideas that came together and they really work well together. Because if I'm listening to you playing um, some of your songs on YouTube or whatever, though they're phenomenal, you really can tell the difference as opposed to when you're listening to the CD and you're hearing the songs with everybody else's contributions. And that's, again, a, a, a testament to all of their amazing talents as well. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have them uh, <laughs> yeah. time I play live, but uh, usually it's just me stuck with the with myself. Um, sometimes, well, Trisha and I have been playing a lot together and she's, uh, you know, joined me on a few songs. Um, but other than that, you know, everyone's spread out across a few states and uh, it's hard to get everyone together to play. Well, actually, the stuff that I've seen with you and Trisha is fantastic. Your your voices complement each other very, very well. I was I was watching some of your videos. The one with you at the table, the both of you at the table, I thought was phenomenal. I just sat there mesmerized listening to you guys, um, and and I really enjoyed that. Now, I was actually watching a lot more of your other live stuff. You've been on the road quite a bit lately, have you not? Uh, last summer, Trisha and I did a uh, a summer tour. We went out around the Midwest and then uh, out east to Brooklyn. And uh, that's been pretty much most of it. And uh, we've been doing a little bit of Wisconsin trips here and there. But we're waiting until next summer um, since I'm teaching and, you know, <laughs> full-time job as well. Um, but she'll be able to work out on the road and I'll, I'll be done for the, <laughs> for the year. So we're going to go out west this year, I think. And we're uh, just starting to, to route that and uh, send out emails to to other artists and uh, try and get that going. Are you finding that the, the, the playing live is more of a passion because you're loving it or is it just a means of actually getting your name and your work out? It's, it's both. Um, I think what else I, I like about it when it's the whole touring thing is just traveling around and uh, 
seeing all these different cities and, and meeting new people. Uh, we met, you know, some of the nicest people when we headed out east. Um, you know, a woman in West Virginia who just offered us a place to stay up in like her mountain home and uh, uh, just all over the place. That was kind of the case again and again. Um, people just, you know, being super nice. And even though we're strangers, they would uh, let us stay with them and talk with us and uh it was a great experience and i've been seeing you playing different covers as well you've been doing you did a steph plant cover uh shook me as a child and then you did uh bleeding bells as well um is that something that you're finding that you really enjoy doing covers of other people as well too you hear a song and you just feel you gotta make it your own in a small way and do it yeah when there's when there's a song that really you know grabs me and there haven't been too many that I've done, but yeah, the, the bleeding bells song, I just love that song. Um, Steph plants songs. She's just a great songwriter. Uh, she just released a new album, I think, and, uh, should be on, on, uh, out in the mail on, my, <laughs> on the way to me right now. Nice. Uh, I know I'm excited. And then, uh, you know, Jackson C. Frank blues run the game. Uh, the one that Trisha and I have been doing that, uh, that Bowerbirds cover Northern lights. These, they're all songs that, really have uh, spoken to me. They're not, you know, I don't think they're songs that I feel like I can improve on in some way, but uh, I think they're just songs that I want to do justice to, and uh, but in my own little way. And I get the impression know. too sometimes that it's about the song is a little different than what you would normally write. So it gives you an opportunity as a performer to do something that's out of your groove so that's a little different like case in point with bleeding bells i really get the impression at points where you if the opportunity were there you could lose yourself in the music you you could go beyond what you normally do with your own music am i right yeah i think there's a way to channel this energy into that song that i don't usually get when i do my own music uh just because there's that part at the end where i you know, I can uh, really belt it out, which I just haven't felt the need to do when I when I write my own music. Um, and that's hard to, to write a part for, but when someone else has already kind of offered you, <laughs> it makes it easier, yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, with your music. Your music has weight, and that's a compliment. It's, it's something that a lot of other artists strive for. But I wonder if there's sometimes where you just feel like singing, like releasing music that's lighter. Um. I, I really don't know uh, how the songs come out the way they do or, or why they, they are lighter than usually a lot of the covers that you that you mentioned. Um, yeah, I don't know why, why that's the case. <laughs> okay, let's go back to you were talking about your teaching now. Um, like many people who are creative types, unfortunately, you have to work in order to pay the bills because the the whatever it is that you do doesn't pay enough to do so. Are you finding that you can find a balance between teaching and also songwriting and performing, or are you feeling like you have to constantly put the music on the side burner? The music's definitely on the side burner during the school year, just because, you know, it's, it's pretty relentless with uh, grading and planning. And especially since I'm only a second year teacher, um, I don't think I have, you know, a, a routine down pat. And I don't know if I ever will, because I, I think it's just a very, it's this occupation that keeps on changing and, and you need to always be, you know, changing things um, and, you know, making these little alterations to make them better. Um, but I do like that, you know, on the weekends, sometimes I can uh, play a show here or there and just, you know, keep it going. But but then also during the during the summer, it gives me this great opportunity to to go out on the road or uh you know, pay full attention to my music for, for at least a couple months. And how are the students with, uh, knowing their teachers, a, a musician? <laughs> um, I think I, uh, maybe I told you this, I don't know, but, uh, last year at the, towards the beginning of the year, it was my first year. And, uh, this student Googled me while we were all on the computer <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> the whole place got really silent and I was just like, why is it, why did it get quiet all of a sudden? And then I heard one of my songs starting to play. I was like, no, 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 you have to go back, get to work. And uh, ever since then, they've all pretty much known that I am a musician and I'll play for certain classes uh, towards the end of the year. And they, they seem to 
at least appreciate it. I don't know if they're into my kind of music, uh, but but they seem to appreciate it. Well, that's nice, actually. You're getting the support of the the people that are that you're interacting with so much of your year, so much of your time is spent with these kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about the album. Uh, Windjammer was recorded, and you were saying, on the street where you grew up. I'm going to assume it was in your folks' home? Yep. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, well, I've, I've had this, uh, yeah, there's this, it was my sister's bedroom, and uh, just kind of turned it into a, a studio. I mean, it's small, and it's basically just, you know, my, my musical equipment packed in there. And... It just, you know, makes a nice space for it. We we started, Fred and I, the guy I mentioned earlier, we started recording it down uh, at the college apartment after graduating, and we were there for, you know, a few weeks or a month, and we got a, a good basis for, for certain songs or a good base for certain songs. And uh, then I just, you know, slowly finished things up uh, in, this, in this bedroom. And it was, it's just a quiet space. Uh, it's kind of isolated well it produced great sound because really the everything with this album sounds bang on is just absolutely beautiful um let's talk about some of the songs on there because i've, I've obviously got some favorites <laughs> and um marshall riesling is of course one of the most impressive songs on this album it's absolutely beautiful why don't you tell me a little bit about that one uh that one i uh basically wrote that uh and trisha joined me and and fred helped out a little bit with with some of the melodies uh with guitar but let's see it's basically about (laughs) i think i wrote it while while student teaching and just kind of about the same thing we were just talking about with you know teaching as well as this this dream of making music um and kind of finding a balance there and it's it's kind of a, a cerebral song. Um, I don't know, <laughs> but it works on it works on, on multiple layers as well too. A lot of what is being said, though, you can't necessarily uh, relate to all of it unless you are in the same kind of position as you are doing teaching or not. But anybody who finds themselves conflicted, wanting to do something, a creative passion, and yet there's something else that they're forced to do, can appreciate the what it is that you're saying and again that's what i mean in terms of a lot of what you write people can draw from it i know that i certainly can as well i have my own creative passions as well as i have to work so when i hear something like that i can i can appreciate the the how difficult it is and it comes through in the song and then there's wrong about distance which oh my god i've loved this ever since the video on youtube of you performing it at i believe it was a radio station yes yeah Ever since I've heard it then, I've absolutely adored this song. And it's this long-distance relationship trying to make it work, which I'm going to assume is you and Trish while she was away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, 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 it comes through so perfectly. And it's it's just an absolutely... The, the lyrics are brilliant. I absolutely love that song. Thank you. There's that part uh, in the chorus. I think what inspired me with this song was uh, Boots of Spanish Leather, that that Bob Dylan song. I think I first heard, who did I hear doing it? It was a a woman doing it. And I just thought it was, I heard it right before Trisha left and wrote it then um, with with that little allusion to that song. And I think it just worked really well with the rest of the lyrics. Definitely does, yeah. And that's where I also noticed that the, the guitar work on this album was really stepped up. Uh, which isn't to say that it wasn't fantastic in counterintelligence, but I'm really noticing it in here how how much more intricate it is. It's really quite nice, and we see it in that song as well as Marshall Riesling. You're, you're doing beautiful medleys now. Uh, yeah, I've been working a lot on the, the finger-picking, and I think just uh, with counterintelligence, those songs were recorded you know, a while before 2008 when it was released. And I think I just grew a lot in those couple of years before uh, before recording Windjammer with uh, with guitar playing. What's one of your favorite songs to perform? Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, what, what do you What do you want to hear? No, 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 no. That's no. We're gonna get to that in a minute. I want to know what's one of your favorite songs though when you're performing. 
my favorite song uh i do like playing marshall riesling when uh when trish is there um <laughs> okay <laughs> hard yeah <laughs> it's, they're, they're not your kids you're allowed to pick a favorite yeah, I know it's hard though. I usually actually like playing the one that I that I wrote the most recently. Um, so I have a couple of those new ones, as I said before, and I, I usually like playing those. But you know, I've with with these last couple albums, there are you know a lot of songs that I actually really like to play. Whereas before that, with the with the first couple albums I wrote, I didn't feel like I didn't feel confident about playing a lot of the songs on there. All right. Well, do you want to play one of those new songs for us right now? Uh, yeah, sure. I can do that. That would I'll be do, great. Uh, let's see. They don't have titles. <laughs> Just telling you now. Let me uh, figure this out. All right. I'll try it out. Very nice. Thank you very much. So I want to thank you very much for taking the time to actually join me for this interview. Once again, as I said the very first time I spoke to you, thank you for doing what it is that you do. Honestly, your music makes my day and it is literally played every day in my house. So thanks again for joining me. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Is 
of cubicles you see The ebb and flow of worker bees with name and rank Written on their sleeves Bulletins and answering machines Just spew out syllables and they sleep That was Coffee on the Rocks, a song that I love hearing. Check out Carl's YouTube channel to see him playing it in the stairwell. It's worth watching. I'd like to thank Carl again for joining me for that interview. We're quite fortunate to have him creating music. The same is true of many unsigned musicians. If they chose to give up on their music, we'd have no rooster, no just a bird, no high rises in Brooklyn. Luckily we do. Make certain to stop by Carl's site at carlhawk.com. You can also pick up Windjammer on iTunes. Chestnut roots and fifths bled dry 
There's a freedom and longing to Clara Engel's music, which we don't see very often. 
It's at turns incredibly haunting, powerful, frighteningly honest, spontaneous, and intriguing. It's the kind of music which is sung not from memory, but from a moment. And you get the impression in listening to her that it's the moment which defines where the music will go. Such is the case with Heaven of Leaves, which I'm about to play for you. The whole of the album, The Bethlehem Tapes, was recorded on the spur of the moment. However, no song more so than Heaven of Leaves. Claire describes the recording session saying that all she had was the poem without music and in one afternoon of playing on an out of tune band guitar, the song was born. You can find out more about Clara and her music at myspace.com slash Clara
going to end this episode with a couple of Martin Rivas tunes from his newest EP, The Convalescence. Several of the songs on the EP were written during Martin's recovery from surgery. Despite the resulting complications, Martin found that he has a very positive support network of people who care greatly for him, and it's that which he believes helped him get through it all. I'm going to play The Cage, Aurora Borealis, for you now, which was actually written quite a while back. It never got played then, but has made it onto his EP, and for that I'm quite glad, as I like it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a nice evening. Hope rests in the bottle that you threw.
mystery of life, the ageless competition, the world is mine to win if I find you.